Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Hi, everyone. This is Kelly Clifton Ogunsanya. I am the founder and CEO of Mella Baby, which is a plant-based skincare line specifically for kids of color. Oh, I love this. Tell me the story behind your brain. Why did you start it? Absolutely. So Mellow Baby was actually born out of necessity when I became a first-time mom three years ago to my daughter, Ivory Rose. And you know, when you're going through the process of being a first-time mom, you're getting all of these ideas and suggestions about what should be on your baby list. And one of the things that a lot of people fail to, to think about is skincare and proper mm. um, you know, personal care for, for your kids. And I was pretty much thinking we would just buy the standard big box products in the stores. But when I really started to look at the ingredients that were in them and how they were marketed, um, I decided that I wanted to think about making my own products that were natural, plant-based, and fairly wholesome. And so when I looked to some of the larger stores, um, the way they marketed to kids of color or people of color always had a slightly negative connotation. It was always issue-prone skin, challenging skin. And that wasn't the, the label that I wanted to put on my kid. And so I started making my own products. And then once I went back to work, I realized I didn't have time to be in the kitchen whipping up uh, products every day. And so I started working with a larger manufacturer to, to commercialize it and bring it to life. I love that idea about the branding always being as if they have issue-prone skin. And this idea that melanin skin, we need just natural... We need natural products like we just need our uh, moisturizer that's exactly it's not because you actually have a problem so i was i think it was very insightful of you to create a solution that works for skin and my son loves your products thank you <laughs> yeah no absolutely i mean um the skincare product industry, and especially for baby products, is north of $800 million per year. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that there's not a demand out there, but we are slowly now starting to see marketers catch on. But we can also tell that they're doing it because of kind of this social justice two years, the summer that we've been off of as a country. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the flavor of the month in terms of marketing. But we still know that a lot of those companies have had a history of including ingredients that are carcinogens um, that can cause, you know, issues down the road. Why do you think they they include those ingredients? Well, I think because it's quick, it's easy, it's cheap. And traditionally, we have not, as a culture, um, really had natural products that are available to us as a price point. Mm. And so we've kind of been left to take um, what's been available. And when I talk to a lot of moms and you think about their history of their own skincare, especially skincare with their kids, we're mixing and matching three and four different products just to get what we want. We're mixing shea butter, cocoa butter, you know, all of these essential oils because we want to do what's best for our kids, but the market won't do it at a price point that I think is affordable. Mm. Or I'm also hearing the story or I make it myself. 
And so, or I make it, or yeah. I make it myself. Yeah. yeah. And we have seen, and we know that there is a um, market where I, I consider it more of that natural conscious parenting demographic mm-hmm. that will make it themselves. Um, but should that be our last resort? I mean, should we have to make things ourselves or should we start demanding that product lines such as Mella Baby and others that you feature um, really be the market and, and the companies that we want to spend our dollars with? Yes. And I am a mother who likes to use natural non-toxic products but I have no I'm not good at I I have interest in it but I'm not it's not my strong suit to make my own product and so Mm -hmm. my kids will be left out in the dust if it was up to me (laughs) (laughs) yes no I understand and I think what's also unique about black and brown skincare is it's more than just physical, right? And so we know that as moms of kids of color, we give our kids a glance over before they leave out the door and make sure that there's they're not ashy, that their melanin is popping and that, you know, it is it's cultural for us and it's psychological for us. And so when we think about the brands that are coming out right now, they're just trying to play into kind of some branding in our dollars, not really understanding the pain points that every one of us have around our skincare when we were a a child. And so Mella Baby really speaks to the heart of both the parental needs, but also the child's needs. Mm. You kind of started with creating this product for children. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you're going to migrate and create a product for the entire family, or if you're going to really focus in on children. Right now, we're really going to focus in on children um, because I think it's just a demographic that is is so um, not addressed from from this perspective. And so we'll grow with not only our current flagship product, which is a hydration cream um, that's great for for all year, all purpose, but also looking at some body washes. Um, and one that I'm really excited about is if you think about um, a Neosporin-like product that is all natural, but really the main focus is preventing scarring and hyperpigmentation. And every one of us has a scar that we remember from a childhood that wasn't properly healed. And so we're looking at some ingredients that will support reducing hyperpigmentation and scarring long-term. And so super excited about that for kids. I'm also curious what makes it a kid product? Are the, is there something special? Are there some kind of ingredients that's specifically geared towards children versus for adults. If you just happen to use all natural products, is it more of a branding issue than is an ingredient product issue? Good question. Uh, both. So here, what I will say is that the products are are for baby and beyond. Um, but the reason why we really focus on it being a kid product is that we know within those first two years of a, a child's life, a toddler, newborn's life, their skin is very porous. And there are certain things that you just don't want to place on your kid's skin um, from either parabens, sulfates that can seep into their bloodstream and possibly cause issues from a hormonal or endocrine perspective. And then more importantly, when you think about just irritants as a child is young, um, heavy alcohols, fragrances, those are the things that we really want to stay away from um, at the newborn and, and toddler age until a child's natural skin barriers are built up. And so that's why we really focus on very clean, um, lightweight products that are not heavily um, concentrated and really will not provide or offer adverse reactions to to young skin. Got it, got it. In this process of you developing your Mella Baby um, company, 
Do you still work a full-time job? And how are you balancing being a mom, being an entrepreneur, creating something? How do you keep all the, the, the things that you're spinning in the air? How do you keep them all going? Really good question. I, I do still work a full-time job, and I used to say that kind of um, – uh, with regret, but I'm actually proud because part of the the story of Mellow Baby was I I experienced significant postpartum depression and, and anxiety, and I was a corporate you know working woman before I had my daughter, and when I went through that period, I almost felt like I was I would never get back up on my game, mm-hmm. and Mellow Baby for me is more importantly just a testament to being a working mom, being an entrepreneur, being a creator. And I will say that, you know, we all have to start somewhere. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to quit your job and really focus on making a side hustle, a full-time gig, I think that's excellent. Um, But I'm balancing it through uh, failing very quickly. I'm balancing it through delegation and um, outsourcing some things where I can and really giving myself just grace um, because things are not going to happen overnight. And so really encourage any woman who has that idea in the back of her head to manifest it and not wait until all of the stars align. Yes, I like that. We'll insert our our meditation here. So can we talk more about your self-care routine? How do you take care of yourself in the midst of everything you have going on? Well, I won't say it's easy. The biggest thing for for me for 2022 that I'm putting forward is a year of health. Yeah. Um, and that's both mentally, physically, but also nutritionally and sleep hygiene. Yeah. Um, any mom knows that those first couple of years are so hard in terms of sleep. And so yeah, shutting yeah, down. Point, let me know, because my six-month-year-old is, you know, he's looking me up at night. So it's oh, you, you got some time. You, you got a few, more, a few more months, if not a year or so. But I think it. it it's hard and people underestimate the importance of sleep and trying to just get it where you can and have healthy routines. So that's number one for me. Um, number two is my nutrition, like starting my day off intentionally with, with clean food, with protein, um, hydration, um, and really not focusing on changing something physically about me, but really my energy levels and cluing into that. Mm. So that has been a game changer. And then the last thing that I did, I invested about a year and a half ago and working with a life coach um, just to help me from a mindset perspective. And that's been a game changer in, in keeping me motivated and keeping me accountable. And tell me more about a life coach. Like, how's that process work? What, what were you looking for? Just, I'm curious to hear more about it. Sure. So um, when I had my daughter and I was returning to maternity, returning off of maternity leave, like many moms, I kind of had this question in my mind of like, oh my gosh, do I want to go back to work full time? Mm -hmm. And I was really going to take myself out of the career game and just, you know, try to work from home or do something else. And a life coach enabled me to see that, you know, I had a major transition in my life and mentally, how do I accept where I am? How do I accept this new identity and how do I use positive thinking and behavioral changes to get the life that I wanted? Mm -hmm. And over a course of a year, um, really had some transformational changes where I said, I'm going to stay in the career workforce. I'm actually going to also build my own business, which was Mellow Baby. And believe it or not, I also trained to be my own, to be a certified life coach. And so now I'm helping other women do the same thing. So we can have the life we want. It may not happen all in the same time period, but it's foundational. It's baby steps. And I really encourage women to invest in in how they view themselves and how they self-coach. I love this. I'm I'm trying to understand the intersection of life coach and 
therapeutic intervention um, to a therapist? Like how does explain to me how all that balances out? That's a fantastic question. And it's, it's both. And, and so I have many clients who are also seeing a therapist, but also leveraging life coach coaching. And the way I think about it is there is a definite need for therapeutic and or medical interventions. If you're at a place in your life, I'll, I'll take my own example. When I was coming and, you know, battling through postpartum anxiety and depression, I needed a therapist. I needed uh, antidepressants at the time and it was okay. But as I started to understand what was happening in terms of coming out of that depression. Now I said, all right, I'm ready to hit the ground running. I want to look forward. I want to be able to handle all of those things that life is going to hit me with going forward. And life coaching is just a mindset difference. It's almost thinking about if you're an athlete and you have an injury, you go to a therapist for rehab, PT to heal that injury. But if you want to now step up and move to a different league or go to a different team, you think about having a performance coach who's going to propel you moving forward. And so it's really just about a snapshot in time and what you're ready for based on where you are on your healing journey. Mm, I love that. So I love the idea of seeing them as an and, not an or. Exactly. I have I have clients who see me and a therapist and um, they are mutually beneficial. Yes, I love that idea and think of it in two different pots. I was talking to a colleague of mine and she was saying how she has different therapists for different needs. Mm. So I have a therapist that um, can push up against my sense of areas, which is that it can be hard conversation for me to have, but mm-hmm. it's also necessary for me to start unpacking some damaging things I've been holding going to since childhood. Then she said, I also have a therapist that will just listen to what I need to say. So I think it's the idea of knowing where you are and finding someone to meet you where you are and push you to where you're trying to go. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is self awareness is so critical, and sometimes we don't even know what we're holding on to and what we're in, what we're dealing with until we start to unpack it. And um, motherhood is one of those things that will force you into seeing some of those things quicker than you might have otherwise. But even if you're not a mother, I think just the pressures of what we go through um, and kind of this high performance, high drive society, therapy, and just coaching is so yes. great. Yes, absolutely. It absolutely is. And I have the mindset of there are women out here who are experts at what they're doing. I want to make sure I can find them to help me on this journey to health, to assist me in that process. So I'm really wanting to create an environment for myself and for those around me that it's okay to ask for help and get support in that journey. It's so important. And I think Especially, you know, if you, when you become an entrepreneur on your journey to entrepreneurship, there, believe it or not, is not a road book. There's not a playbook that you're going to read and exactly find the answer. And if you're not reaching outside of your circle to learn from women or others who have already failed, and I always call it fail fast, um, you're missing out. And so there always has to be a level of self-improvement, self-awareness, a part of your growth story. Otherwise, you're truly remaining stagnant and you're, you're kind of doing a disservice, disservice to yourself and your larger business or goals. Yes, indeed you are. And it's this idea of being true to yourself so you can be where you want to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's important. And the first piece is visioning, visioning mm-hmm. what you see for yourself. Um, we get very lost up or caught up in 
visuals like on Instagram or social media or what our friends are doing. And a lot of times people think that those grinds or those successes happened overnight and they don't. And so you really have to create in your mindset, what is that North Star? What are the skill sets that you have right now that even if 50 other people were doing it, they can't do it as well as you because it's truly what is your your zone of genius, your zone of excellence. Mm. And so if you don't create that and vision that and manifest it, you're, you're kind of, you know, running in a, on a hamster's wheel. And so I really encourage everyone to get clear about what are their strengths and then how do they slowly build to it with the support of others, coaching, and, and some external self-awareness. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So wherever you are right now, just take a moment to be. Being your awareness, being your truth, be in your wholeness. Allow yourself to show up as light, dark, and every shade of gray in between. Feeling your presence, experiencing your truth. Finding your breath. And instead of directing her, listen to her. Ask her where she wants to spend more time and spend more time there. Ask her where she's stuck and go into the experience of why. Be in this breath, be in this movement and continue to cultivate this experience through the rest of your day. Honoring that your truth and whatever you show up as is always enough. You are perfection and excellence personified. Anything that tells you that you're anything else no longer serves you. What do you think was your own biggest personal roadblocks that you'll be willing to talk about? Perfectionism by, mm. by far. Mm. Um, and that place, you know, as I have had time to reflect with my own life coach, with my own therapist, that all plays into anxiety um, and everything else. And I think we are in such a high, high pressure culture that, you know, I'm, I'm the one that I can't, you know, post something on Instagram until I've checked the filter on everything or everything has to be completely perfect. And that will really hold you back. And so getting comfortable with the messiness of life is one of the things that I had to, to grow into. Um, and quite frankly, that's where the authentic authenticity shines. And so knowing that the drive for perfectionism is really a sign of not being ready or feeling or having a weakness mm. was a was a mental shift for me, um, and I notice now that where things are not as perfect is where I get the the biggest feedback from my audience, from my uh, buyers, and so uh, just going with the flow and being being comfortable with the messiness. Yes, I kind of want to repeat that to kind of embrace the messiness of life. Mm-hmm. It allows you to be authentic and to connect with your customers better. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think I always think about end of year um, when if, if you're talking with friends or especially like on Facebook and you people post, oh, this year was so hard for me. I had all of these things happen and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you waiting till the last day to tell us all of this? We could have supported you and everything yeah. else. And so really think about are you showing up not only true for yourself, but for your friends and for others who might be inspired by the journey that you're on. And so being comfortable with the uncomfortable and the messiness is is mm. critical. And I also think something about being transparent about the messiness allows yes. you to support someone else who might be going through that same messiness and doesn't know how to navigate it. But by watching you navigate it, you might enlighten them in a way you might not have understood. So if you hid your messiness, you wouldn't you couldn't have enlightened them. Right. Right. You're not you're not able to support that other woman who's also trying to go on a similar journey. Um, You know, you're not being authentic about the challenges and it's really hard, especially um, for those of, you know, of us who are trying to build brands or product-based businesses, every brand, just like you asked, has a story. And if your story is completely perfect and uh, doesn't have those ups and downs, it's going to be hard for you to sell to your audience. And so really, my first journey with Mellow Baby was getting a, a focus group of 20 moms. And tell me, you know, asking, tell me where you feel insecure, secure with your skin. Where did I feel insecure, insecure with my skin? And selling to that authentic pain mm. um, and challenges is critical in terms of being that, being transparent. I love the idea about a focus group. I think that we don't understand the value that our fellow woman has. The mm-hmm. information in her head means so much if you just stop to ask her a question. So I think the focus groups are been fantastic at helping you try to gain what is the actual problem that this person is facing that I can get them to tell me in a focus group when I just talk to them. Absolutely. I mean, I th- we all have great ideas. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, there's a ton of diversity amongst women, amongst women of color. And while I might think Mellow Baby or a product is a fantastic idea, I need to hear from different experiences and women who might have children of different ages, um, women of different skin tones. You know, what were some of the things that you were told about your skin or challenges that you have your, your skin based on where you lived or grew up? or multiculturalism. Um, And so really thinking about how can your inner circles, but then um, sphere of influence uh, drive your marketing and product development is something that cannot be understated. Exactly. That it means so much. Um, Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way of saying it. Yeah. And so I I would just encourage, you know, there are a ton of ways I can imagine there's people like, Oh my gosh, I need to do a focus group. I need to find all these women. If you're on, and I hate to keep going back to social media, but if you're on social media, one of the first things I did, I was in a lot of mom groups, um, breastfeeding groups, toddler groups, and I would just, you know, search skincare for kids. And there would be a laundry list of issues that, and eczema is a huge thing for black and brown communities right now, but there would be a laundry list of complaints or concerns um, that moms would have or competitors that they'd loved or didn't love. And that's just natural intel and research that I would have had to pay for or source out. And so think about where your your information, where your business can grow um, very close to home without you doing a lot of work. And, right, and oftentimes it's just communication and, and reaching out to others. Yes, I like that. And I know that we say, oh, you hate to keep mentioning social media, but I think that we need to accept social media <laughs> as it is and maximize it to meet our benefits. 
yes, it has challenges. Yes, it has problems. Yes, it can be abused. Yes, it can be yes. misused, but it can also be used in ways to help us push our dreams and desires forward. Absolutely. I think, you know, you you um, make it work for you. There are times where social media can be helpful just for a level of zoning out and self-care when you need a quiet moment. But um, more than that, it is an incredible avenue to grow your business, connect with um, other, other individuals that are trying to do the same, and really build networks in a way that are authentic, um, that don't take a lot of effort. So don't, don't underestimate that opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Mm, that means so much. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Um, something that a, a moment that you, something you were learning or something you have crossed your mind that you just think is important for other people to know and understand? Yeah, I mean, I think um, this concept of doing your own work, your own journey at your own pace is really important. One of the things that I, I like to do when I look at, um, cause I'm a victim of it too. I look at other brands and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're doing so much better. They've have so much more traction than I do. One of the things I like to do is go all the way back to the bottom of their story or their social media feed and see that first post, you know, that first month or po- or two. And it's messy. It's not clean. It's not beautiful. But what it does show is that it takes time and seat to grow a business. It takes time to really mature and become, you're not going to immediately be on the shelves of Target. Um, that's that's very rare. And so I think appreciating the journey that you're on, you're you're in it and on it for a reason. Um, yeah. in, in three to four, maybe five years, you'll be able to tell your story and your journey, but embrace it and don't get caught up in the hype of self-comparison or comparison to others um, because everyone has to run their own race. Yes, I love that. This is a good way to close it out is that comparison doesn't hurt anyone but you. Absolutely. It doesn't make sense to even do it. No matter what you're comparing, it can be a product, it can be a relationship, it can be a job. Comparison never serves you in the end. A hundred percent, a hundred percent just... Self-focus on what you're doing and where you're going. And with that North Star um, and a lot of commitment, um, your, your dreams can manifest themselves. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.